I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Explaining History podcast. In this episode, we're going to look at the Italo-Turkish War. Um, and we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago on the uh, lull intentions uh, up to 1911. And then the resumption of tensions that year, um, which gave opportunity for uh, Italy to launch a uh, highly uh, opportunistic war against the Ottoman Empire in order to seize uh, the provinces that comprise present-day Libya. Now, in the previous podcast, we talked about how Europe's moment of declining tensions was interrupted in 1911 during the second Morocco crisis, or the Agadir crisis, as it's also known. Uh, This was the uh, second attempt by Germany under Kaiser Wilhelm II to intervene in the affairs of France in Morocco and this time it had the potential of being a far quicker route to general European war. The British stood by once again by their French um, Entente partner and were willing to go to war with Germany Uh, partly because of the previous um, half-decade of naval tensions between the two, even though there had been some effort put in by Bethmann Holweg into decreasing those tensions. The opportunity that was presented to Italy in this period of time, um, the distraction that the uh, Morocco crisis presented, gave uh, Italy um, a unrivaled chance to develop itself as a colonial power. Italy, only a nation-state till 1870, was something of a latecomer to the colonial game, uh, much as Germany had been, and both countries saw the uh, acquisition of colonies. This was not just a a governmental position, but a a broadly popular cultural one. the acquisition of colonies as part of the uh, cementing of great power status, the, the, particularly in Italy, the chaotic and divided nature of Italian society 
both culturally, linguistically and economically between North and South, could uh, empire could be the force that bound all that uh, together. Italy saw influence in Libya and even colonial control over Libya as compensation for the acquisition of colonies by other European powers. In the previous podcast on the, in this theme, uh, we talked about this idea that since 1885 and the uh, Berlin Conference uh, on Empire and Africa, uh, the, there had been a uh, precedent set that European powers, in order to prevent there being any objection to colonial expansion, such as, for example, in this example, France's expansion into Morocco, that European powers would agree to compensate one another and uh, their rival ambitions would be satiated by um, handing out and passing off of colonial territory. Italy saw uh, Libya as its due compensation for agreeing to allow France to occupy and to uh, become a full colonial power in Morocco. The French, of course, looked at the Italians, a secondary power within Europe, with somewhat disdain and uh, asked themselves, uh, perhaps rationally, why it is that they should be compensating Italy. But in general, all powers were distracted. The French and the Germans were at loggerheads over Morocco. Uh, the British were fight, readying for war with Germany. And Russia was highly anxious uh, about the status of the Dardanelles Straits that led from the uh, Mediterranean all the way through the Bosphorus and into the Black Sea. The navigability of those straits in the run-up to the First World War became a greater and greater question for Russia. Had there been any possibility of the straits being closed by the Ottomans, it would have led to immense economic crisis for Russia, as it was one of Russia's few uh, conduits, uh, waterway conduits, out into Europe, what with most of the um, most of the other other ports being frozen over during winter, um, this becomes a key crisis during the Italo-Turkish War. So there is virtually no power in Europe, not Germany or Austria, even who have no moral high ground following the decision to allow Austria to annex Bosnia. Um, that will allow that will stand in the way of uh, Italy's uh, conquest of the uh, two provinces, Tripolitania and Cyrenaica. The Committee of Union and Progress, the revolutionary government that had seized power in uh, 1909, uh, follow the following the Hamidian uh, counter revolt, um, the CUP had become an increasingly assertive voice of Ottoman nationalism and had spoken up for um, Ottomans who, across the empire, become increasingly alarmed and angered at the concessions made endlessly 
to Europeans and the uh, threat to the empire. So there was no way uh, that the CUP was going to agree to Italian designs on Libya or any Italian concessions that were asked for. The Italian government provoked a crisis with the Ottoman Empire by demanding the right to renovate Tripoli Harbour. When this was turned down, and this was seen as an immense snub to Italy, and Italian interests in the in Libya were being denied, it gave the, Italy, the Italian government a perfect excuse to declare war. Uh, on the 23rd of September, the Italian foreign minister, Antonio San Giuliano, sent a letter to um, the CUP, to the Sublime Port in uh, the Ottoman Empire, in Constantinople, um, that um, protested this and also said that Italian citizens were being mistreated in Tripoli. Um, This was followed by another ultimatum, uh, saying that the Ottoman government should agree within 24 hours to an Italian occupation of Tripoli and Cyrenaica, Um, And this, when it expired, gave the pretext for war. So it was pretty flimsy stuff. There was virtually no justification for uh, Italy's actions. It was pure opportunism, but nothing less opportunistic than most of the actions by uh, other European colonising powers in Africa, not to put them uh, Italy or any other European on any different uh, moral playing field. The problem for Italy, of course, is that the two provinces of North Africa were useless even to the Ottomans. They were very, very thinly populated. There were a number of um, ports along the Mediterranean, Tobruk, Benghazi, Derna uh, and Tripoli, that were um, were useful, um, but for the majority of the interior, um, there was virtually nothing there. Of course, oil hadn't been discovered there. There was the majority of the land was desert, and the peoples of that land were um, the Sanusi uh, Bedouin tribes who had uh, been able to continue their lifestyle uh, since really the the Middle Ages. They had been untouched by uh, modernity and existed as they had done five or six hundred years earlier. Uh, the Ottomans wanted to hang on to these provinces for largely sentimental reasons to contain, continue the claim that the Ottoman Empire existed on three continents, Africa, Europe and in uh, Asia, um, though the European bit of that is becoming increasingly tenuous too. In the Anglo-French, uh, or largely Anglo-French-led scramble for Africa, no other colonising power had laid its claim to Libya, and this should have been something of a clue for Italy. Uh, but there was more a sentimental and romantic and idealistic vision attached to Italian imperialism than there was anything that was uh, embedded in deeper economic or strategic sense. And Italy found that it had to invest heavily in the fight that was previously thought to be uh, easy and straightforward. Italy was not looking to take on a formidable opponent.
there were 15,000 regular Ottoman troops in the two provinces. Um, these were divided into one cavalry regiment, one field battalion, artillery battalion, um, and uh, four infantry regiments. And these defences were faced with um, 34,000 amphibious troops and uh, the Italian navy. Um, and in addition, to, uh, the Italians began to shell Tripoli on October the 3rd. They landed 1,700 troops and occupied the city, meeting very little serious resistance. However, uh, when more troops landed at Tobruk, um, this was unopposed as well. There were 20,000 Italian troops uh, that had been land- landed at Tripoli by mid-October and to Tobruk. Um, and then on October the 23rd at Benghazi, fierce fighting began. Um, the main Ottoman forces attacked the Italian army there and the war became uh, quite a, a significant uh, shooting war as opposed to a colonial walkover for the Italians. The war became a magnet across the Ottoman Empire for the best and the brightest uh, young uh, Ottoman officers who were keen to uh, make uh, something of themselves and keen to be shown to be um, fighting uh, the empire's wars. Uh, Enver Bey um, became the commander of Saranaika and Mustafa Kemal, later Kemal Ataturk, uh, was a, a major, promoted to major, and was given command in Tripoli, but spent the war fighting at Tobruk and then Derna. Um, One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Italians controlled the waterfront. They controlled the coast. Um, they controlled ports and in doing so, they were backed by artillery and, and naval guns. However, these don't fire very far inland, and it was the inland, um, the desert really, that the uh, Ottomans occupied. They do this by making deals with the local Arabs, uh, the Sanusi 
um, Bedouin and uh, other Arab forces um, and use these to pin down the uh, Italian army uh, whenever it moved up and down the coast. There is interesting echoes of the war, the British fight um, from 1916 onwards in the Hejaz in Arabia um, alongside the Arabs during the Arab revolt that Britain inspires and provokes and uh, assists. The result for the Italians is that their simple, cheap, easy walkover starts to become incredibly expensive. They have to pour in an additional 140,000 troops uh, just to hold the coastline. The guerrilla tactics were very, uh, very successful. They don't dislodge Italy, but they start to make the, the cost of occupation far more than Italy can possibly sustain in the long term. The war itself was one of the first modern wars of the uh, 20th century. Uh, it was modern in the sense that it involved guerrilla warfare to face a colonial power. This was a strategy that uh, colonised peoples throughout the 20th century would learn and would employ to great effect. The first such conflict was obviously the Boer War, but you can see echoes of this in everything from Vietnam to post-9-11 Afghanistan and Iraq. It was a war that saw the first use of air power in, uh, for military purposes, um, such as the use of airships to uh, bomb uh, Arab and Turkish positions. Um, it involved trench warfare, though obviously... Uh, so had the American Civil War um, 50 years beforehand. But the main harm to the Ottoman Empire was done on the high seas. Uh, the Italian navy was far stronger than uh, that of the Ottomans, and the importance of um, naval power, obviously, in the Mediterranean, staging amphibious operations, and attacking an empire with an extremely long coastline um, was uh, very important. The Italian navy was seven times the uh, tonnage uh, of the Ottoman navy, uh, and it meant that the, the Italian navy really controlled the Mediterranean uh, as far as the war went. Um, the Italians forced the Ottomans uh, almost out of the Mediterranean, so much so that um, when Mustafa Kemal wanted to travel from Constantinople to Alexandria, he needed to travel incognito on a Russian warship disguised as a journalist. The loss of control of the seas meant that the uh, war to save Libya was doomed and the Italian navy destroyed um, their Ottoman counterparts in several battles in the Red Sea in the East Mediterranean and the Italians also began to broaden their campaign, realising that it would be very difficult for them to rout resistance uh, in uh, Libya. They seized the Dodecanese Islands, uh, including Rhodes, and on uh, April the 18th, 1912, uh, they began to shell the outer forts of the Dardanelles, and this threatened Constantinople itself. Now, this is where the, the conflict dramatically escalates. 
The CUP was willing to do anything in its power to protect its capital. Uh, it lacked any uh, reserve naval power in the Aegean or the Mediterranean. And the only thing it can do is close the Dardanelles to all ships. They did this by laying mines and stretching chains across the water. And this was going to be a crisis not just for the Ottoman Empire, but also for the Russians. This, there were serious consequences uh, in the Straits for Russia. Uh, the Dardanelles are the only warm water route through from the Black Sea to the Mediterranean and it cuts off the flow of goods out of Russia and imports in. Uh, obviously, if you look at the Gulf of Finland and other ports, the, those freeze um, for significant portions of the year. And the ports, the Russian ports in the Gulf of Finland, uh, St. Petersburg and others, have far less capacity than the ports such as Sevastopol um, along the Crimean coastline. Half of Russia's export trade went through the Ottoman Straits, and the link between the Black Sea and the Mediterranean meant that oil, manganese and 90% of all Russian grain, um, which um, was the majority, accounted for the majority of hard currency earnings, flowed from Russia out into the rest of the world. So the, the Dardanelles um, was uh, the, the lifeline. It was on the, you know, the equivalent of the British Empire's Suez Canal. Uh, in the other direction, everything that Russia needed for industrialization, which was booming by 1912, uh, um, made its way into the Russian Empire. The impact of this uh, closure of the Straits um, was an economic crisis for Russia. The volume of Black Sea exports uh, collapsed by a third, and so did revenue. Um, this managed to place the uh, economic boom that Russia had been experiencing into uh, into almost meltdown. Industry in the Ukraine essentially grinds to a halt. Uh, the balance of payment surplus that Russia had acquired uh, between uh, 1911 and 1913 collapses, and the industrialized economy that was exploding in Russia and might possibly have prevented revolution in the long run, uh, starts to grind to a halt. There are a series of crisis meetings uh, about the closure of the Straits, and there was a, a plan to um, build dreadnoughts in the Black Sea and to um, have uh, amphibious landings along the Bosphorus with the, um, the end goal of seizing the Dardanelles for Russia and um, forcing the Ottoman Empire forever out of the Straits. The Ottomans began to um, rapidly rearm. They placed orders with British shipbuilders for dreadnought battleships um, that would help them to fend off the threat of Italy or perhaps even Russia or any other contender. Uh, this creates a regional arms race. Uh, Greece also begins to place orders for dreadnoughts um, and the entire east end of the Mediterranean becomes in, in rapidly and dramatically and alarmingly unstable. Um, it's entirely possible of the many sites that could have been uh, the beginnings of the First World War that it could have been here. The long guerrilla war that Italy now faced in uh, Libya 
was met with brutal repression um, as uh, any imperial power faced with a guerrilla insurgency normally tends to behave. The Arab Bedouin, the Sanusi, had particularly decided that they were going to cooperate and collaborate uh, with the Turks, whom they had no love for and saw as a distant and colonising power, because there was a common Islamic solidarity there and a view that the Italian Christian invaders um, were far more uh, worthy of their um, attention uh, than the Turks in terms, in terms of warfare. And it was really just the hope of the Bedouin that if the, the Italians could be expelled, then they could return to their way of life with uh, a very distant capital, um, imperial capital in Constantinople, paying them very little attention indeed, which is the way that they liked it. Brutal killings were met with brutal killings. For example, on October the 23rd in 1911, uh, 500 Italian soldiers were captured and slaughtered at Siaria Siat on the outskirts of Tripoli by Turkish troops. The next day, uh, in the uh, Tripoli massacre that followed, Italian troops murdered hundreds of civilians um, going house to house um, setting fire uh, to a mosque uh, with 100 refugees inside. The uh, Italian government hoped to keep the news of this massacre from uh, getting out to the wider world, but it became internationally known. And the Italians then began a propaganda offensive of showing pictures of murdered Italian soldiers as Siaria Siat uh, to justify their uh, revenge. In 1912, uh, on October the 18th, um, Italy and the Ottoman Empire signed the Treaty at Wishi, um, uh, near Lausanne. Um, the treaty, um, different obviously from the 1923 um, Treaty of Lausanne, um, stated that the Ottomans would withdraw all military forces um, from Libya, um, but in return Italy would hand Rhodes and the other Aegean islands back. There would be some attempt to save some Ottoman face in Libya. Um, the Libya would have a special status. There would be an Ottoman regent uh, in Libya and a, a judge who would represent the the caliphate, um, ensuring that uh, Islamic law and Islamic customs were still observed uh, within uh, the what was now an Italian colony. And this perhaps was part of the process of uh, reassuring the domestic population that they weren't about to be religiously colonised or converted uh, either. Um, the Ottomans would consult the Italian government before appointing uh, the regent or any judges, and the Ottoman government would be responsible for their expenses. Um, the cost overall to Libya was enormous. It was meant to cost thirty million um, a month to um, occupy Libya, which was uh, a lot to start with. The costs reached eighty million a month, um, and the total cost to Italy is one point three billion lira, 
which was a billion more than Giolitti, the Liberal Prime Minister of Italy, had estimated. And this wiped out a decade of uh, essentially fiscal austerity in uh, Italy, and uh, a decade of belt tightening was really swept away by this uh, excess. And the colony wasn't capable of producing the kind of wealth um, that would enable Italy to recoup its losses. Okay, so I hope you found that useful and interesting, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Um, Do give us a good write-up on iTunes if you can, if you enjoy this, Um, and uh, yeah, I'll catch you next time. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.